Hey, hey, you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. This is John Goldman, and we're on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. Uh, we are fortunate to have with us today Caitlin Rose. She's a singer-songwriter. She's going to be playing at the Acorn Theater on July 13th and the Livery on July 16th. Looking forward to talking with her. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. So um, uh, you have been, uh, how long have you been uh, playing uh, music? I've been playing guitar since I was 15 and started writing songs uh, when I, around there. Yeah, right away. But I've been singing for my whole life. Uh huh. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how long have you been, you know, working professionally, going out and and uh, playing for people and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, uh, I I started playing pretty soon. I knew the the guy who was running Craft Brow back in two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Um, we call him Bert, but his name is Steve. <laughs> and um, <laughs> what, and what's so Craft Brow? Is that a, a Craft Brow is now Old Dog Tavern. Yes, it was downtown. Now it's Old Dog Tavern, but back oh, then it was called Craft Brow. And you're referring to downtown downtown Kalamazoo, right? Yes, I am. And that's yes. where you're from, Kalamazoo. I'm actually from Delton, but um, Kalamazoo was the closest drive to the, anything the big that was town happening. near you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hear yeah. You. yeah. Yeah, so I started really playing then, um, and I, I haven't stopped since. The only time I, I stopped performing was during my, my pregnancies with my children and, you know, when they were newborns. And I slowed down for a while then, but I've been playing professionally, I'd say, for, I guess, the past five years about. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah, all right. But you started playing guitar when you were 15, uh, mm-hmm. How did that come about? Were you playing any other instruments before you started playing guitar? I took a little bit of piano lessons, um, but I, I was, I learned by ear. I, I really didn't learn how to read music, and just kind of fell out of it. I, and then when I was fifteen, it was that summer before I could drive, and I knew my mom had a guitar, and. I just, I mean, really, it started out of pure boredom. I had nothing <laughs> else to do, yeah. you know, and, and I really liked music and I, I, I mean, I like music a lot and I liked singing and I just thought, you know, we'll see how this goes. I didn't have any expectations. I just kind of started fooling around and then I realized I had an aptitude for it. Did you take lessons or anything like that? I at did the time? not. So you just no, taught yourself no. how to play guitar. I did. Did, <laughs> yeah. uh, did you, had had you taken uh, piano lessons? Did you have some you yeah, know, basic? Yeah. Oh, okay. For a couple of years. Yep. And then really guitar, the way that I learned was I, I got a couple songbooks, And in those songbooks, they have the little pictures, you know, of the guitar neck and the dots on them, like where your fingers go. Sure. And, guitar tabs. Right. And so I just looked at those. And I also, like I said, I, I learned by ear a lot more. A lot better, I should say, with piano than reading music. So I would just listen to songs over and over and pause them and try to figure them out real along with the tabs until they sounded right. That's uh, it's pretty good. And that that's, takes a lot of patience for sure. And uh, yeah. I'm sure well, that... I think- People who grew up in Dalton have a lot of time on their hands. <laughs> yeah. Did a lot of your friends also, you know, learn how to play instruments by themselves and things like that? Or, or you're just, I, yeah, it's just I a quiet it, town. Uh, it is, but I did find the musicians that, you know, high school bands that were forming and they were not really my style of music. They were more like, you know, trying to play rock and roll or some garage punk band. Um, but I still hung out with them and, and appreciated that they were trying to learn an instrument and, you know, form friendships with other musicians. And yeah, that was, those were my friends in high school. Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> did you, uh, you know, begin writing songs when you really first started being able to play guitar or were you had been writing songs before that? I... I did, had not been writing songs, but I had been writing in a journal for 
at least a few years prior to learning how to play guitar. And it was an outlet for me. It started, you know, with as a younger girl, like having a diary and writing in my diary. Yeah. And then as I started to grow up, I, I then I started calling it my journal. And I would write the thoughts that I had that I didn't feel comfortable sharing with anybody else as I moved into my preteen and teen years. And then when I started learning about songwriting and studying um, Carol King and Joni Mitchell and James Taylor, Cat Stevens, all those uh-huh. really great songwriters, yeah. um, the Eagles. And I just, I saw pretty quickly that there was kind of a songwriting formula of you're telling stories that maybe start in chronological order somehow or start by leading in someone really gently into the the idea of a song and then the chorus is your hook and it's really the part that grabs everybody you know I just started kind of seeing these patterns and um thought well wow if I I could take one of the ideas or um uh, musings or experiences that I've had in my life that I've written about in my journal so much and see if I can translate that into a song and I figured it out yeah. <laughs> and I, and I really just haven't stopped writing songs since then. Were, were so, your parents musical or uh, did you have any siblings that were also doing this kind of stuff? My parents were both musical. Yes. They had, I think, um, I'm not sure if I would say like a passion to ever pursue it, like with their, you know, and, and, involve it in their lifestyle and really build it up. But my dad was a drummer. He still drums today. He has a kit in his basement. He just, <laughs> you know, he never plays out. It's more just, it's just for him. Uh-huh. Um, and playing my mom, to songs and stuff? Like he'll listen to a Yeah, great, yeah, playing uh-huh. along with stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then my mom um, is also a singer, and she would sing in the car on the way to school. Uh-huh. And she would pick songs that did have like a really strong chorus and um, taught me how to sing harmony. So we would drive to school in the morning and I would sing like the, you know, the third above her or trade and I would sing the melody and she would sing the harmony. And and that really did develop my ear for, I mean, big time. Did you uh, ever learn any music theory? I mean, obviously you pick it up uh, as you're going, but did you attend mm-hmm. any school where you learn music theory, like in a formal way? No, nope, I didn't. Did you? <laughs> I just yeah. kept chugging along on my own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so um, it sounds like some of your influences were, like you were saying, James Taylor, Carol King, uh, uh, Joni Mitchell, who mm-hmm. I, I love, like that Blue Album, Coyote. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's just some amazing music. Uh, California, yeah. that's that's a really great song too. Mm-hmm. Did you model some of your first songs after those kind of musicians, or did you just you know try to find your own voice at that time? I think that you could hear my influences during that time in my style and my voice because I was definitely still trying to discover what my voice was, you know, um, yeah. I, I definitely, it, when I listen back, I can hear Ani DeFranco and, and Jewel and, and Joni Mitchell, especially in some of the things that I'm trying out with my voice. And it's really just taken, it's really taken until the last couple of years of my life, I feel to really have found what my voice is. Yeah. Um, and part of that has to do with not listening to music for me. Like I kind of go on these, these musical music. purges. Uh-huh. Yes, other people's music yeah. because I I want to try not to be as influenced. Um, which is hard because I feel so inspired, you know, when right, I listen right. to to some of the those works. But and I, I, you know, as much as I admire them, I do kind of have to turn the volume down on everything else during a really creative spell of my own. Otherwise, I just fear that. You know, like any artist, it's it's too easy to steal each other's work. <laughs> when you, Even if you're not when doing you it consciously, you yeah, you're no, you just no, kind not of adopt all. it without without really yeah. realizing, yeah, without doing it on purpose, I should say, yes. and uh, it just becomes a part of of the way that you you know interpret songs and and uh, lyrics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so. 
what, you know, what was uh, some of your early songs? What were some of your early songs like? Uh, what what kind of style <laughs> would you say? <laughs> well, they're so silly. I mean, <laughs> listening back to my 16-year-old record, you know, I, I was so prolific because I wasn't throwing out anything. I, every song I wrote was like, okay, that's going on my next record. <laughs> and they're very sweet and they're so naive and innocent. And, you know, they're just like talking about, I remember one of the songs, my, my stepmom at the time she was pregnant and she just said things like, you know, my eyes, uh, my eyes, just, or her eyes were so dry. And she's like, I feel like I have lasers. I could shoot lasers out of my eyes. They're so, you know, they burn so much. And, and I put that in a song. Yeah. You know, uh, like <laughs> right. That, things that, well, listen, that's, that's your experience. That's what you were feeling and, and yeah. seeing. Did, you know, were, did your songs leave anything for the imagination or were they very um, descriptive? So, like, I yeah. don't remember, like, Harry Chapin. His songs were, like, you know, stories as mm-hmm. opposed to, um, you know, like James Taylor, like we were talking about before, where there was a lot more hidden messages in, in his mm-hmm. songs. You know, mm-hmm. how, how would you, you know, characterize some of your early songs when it came to it? Were, were, you, were there a lot of subtleties and things like that, or were you just straightforward, just, like, Yeah, you know, telling I think that was a pretty, pretty open book. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I didn't I hadn't developed that nuance quite yet. And <laughs> it was just like, here's everything. Um, but that is definitely a skill that either, you know, yeah, you can you can be more open and just leave a lot for interpretation and for your listeners to plug in their own experience. And so I really try to ride that line where I'm not singing my journal entry. Exactly. Because right. that's way too personal and no one can connect with that but me. Yeah. So how do I open it up enough where it doesn't lose the meaning or the story so you can still get, you know, understand what I am, the subject matter, what I'm singing about, but still open enough that it doesn't seem like it's only mine. And, and that's, you know, I think that's been my biggest challenge as a songwriter is I went through this thing, but he went through some, something similar sometime and so how can I make it more more so your story than mine ah, while still okay. staying true to the fact that it, I also, you know, lived it. Right. So kind of changing the perspective uh, on the uh, uh, on the voice of the song or so, something like that. Yeah. I mean, e- and even if I'm saying if I'm referring to myself as a listener, we we hear that and we at first we'll say, if the song is good enough, we'll say, oh yeah, that songwriter is singing about that. But if, if we can get halfway through the song and go, I, when I'm saying, when the singer is saying I or me, it's like, it's actually mine because this song is my story. Oh my gosh. Right. And then it becomes, oh yeah, I went through something like that. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. It's, it's rare. It's, I'm like, (laughs) you know, I, I've maybe, you know, I've maybe I've written a couple of songs like that. I hope I have. Yeah, well, that's, uh, what are some of the songs that you you know would imagine that kind of uh, capture that that um, uh, that style? I think I think there's a lot of um, openness that's that's available for for that spirit in my new album. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I so I I wrote like a a pretty a pretty heavy breakup album. I released that in 2015. And then I wrote some more songs and I did a live record released in 2019. And then this next record is a collection of new songs and older songs that I felt like they were good, but they could be better. And with time and input and collaboration with other musicians, they have gotten a lot better. So um, like a song that I wrote back in, in 2010 is on this new record, uh-huh. but yeah, it's just, it back out. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's hey. reimagined. It's like the, you know, revised version and I, I'm really love it now. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, you have, uh, three albums or how, how many albums do you have out now? Yeah. Well, I have three albums that are backed up by uh, other musicians and a band, uh-huh. um, Prior to that, I had released four solo albums. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, kind of 
<laughs> I don't sell those anymore, though, so I don't really talk about them very much because <laughs> they're from another lifetime. Right. Well, that's right. You know, <laughs> everyone, you're growing and and yeah. uh, as you grow, but you you can't forget about where you came from. No, and my grandma has all of those records. <laughs> <laughs> so if I ever want to go through them, I just go over to her house. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to, yeah. uh, where did you record some of your early stuff? Did you do it yourself or with friends, or did you actually have it professionally recorded? How, how, what was the process that you went through, you know, recording some of your earlier stuff? I went to Indianapolis for the first three records and recorded them with, um, I'll just call him an uncle, you know, it was kind of like a married into uh -huh. the family sort of uncle. He had a studio in his attic of his house, uh -huh. a, a really nice studio. Um, and he was just kind enough to say like, you know, you're 16. Sure. We'll record just <laughs> over. And, you know, I stayed, I stayed with family there and went to his house during the day and, you know, just, just kind of, yeah, that was really generous it, you know? of him to give you his time yeah. like that. And to, yeah, did, yes, very. And, and then yeah. did that get, uh, published, you know, through a publisher? Did you kind of, you know, create your own CDs with that? You know, what yeah. Was... Yeah. No publisher. No, I did get a poor man's copyright on all my material, which is basically just, uh, re getting all the lyrics. If you can get originals, like I would keep all my original um Masters. writings oh, yeah and then oh, i good. would go you put them in an envelope you seal it up in front of a notary a notarizer you yeah. know and they they notarize it and there's that timestamp signature that you know these songs these lyrics belong to me and that's just you know at the time i'm like you know what am i doing i'm 17 i'm not i'm not i was not searching for Fame so you you really dove deep at an, you dove deep at an early age you, you know you learned how to play guitar at 15 you um, recorded your first album at 17 you you know we're moving pretty quickly in that direction yeah. did you um, think at any point that you know you wanted to uh, find a regular job or this was just yeah. a hobby oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I worked at coffee shops and I worked at restaurants I waitressed I bartended I landscaped. I did, you know, all the regular yeah. sorts of jobs during the day. And I didn't mind that. I, I really felt like, even at that time, that if I only 100% did music, that uh, you I don't have know. Anything I, to I, write I really about. didn't feel comfortable about Right. I guess so. I just, I just thought that wasn't really the way that I was going to most authentically be an artist was should only play music. And I grappled yeah. with that because some people, you know, some advice was, why don't you just go on American Idol? And then you could, who knows what would happen. And then you could do this full time and you'd be on tour and you'd only be 18. And it, I just, that just never appealed to me. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. You... I mean, I was like, no, I'm a folk singer. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have any songs about uh, some of the things that you were doing on the side? You know, the waitressing and the bartending and stuff like that. A little bit, yeah. a little bit on, in the in the older stuff, yeah. Because I was definitely singing about traveling. I moved out to Washington State and lived there for three years. Um, so I wrote about my travels out there, and I wrote about the uh, the scenery there and a lot of those experiences, and um, recorded a record there. Recorded your fourth another, record. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was living on Bainbridge Island in Washington. And it's beautiful out there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It it is. I I really I keep saying I have to go back and I haven't yet, but yeah, I um so yeah, there was a chunk of time between that record and the one in 2015 and that was because I had two children between that time period. And so I I took a little bit of a break from music and songwriting just to focus on, you know, my, my new and biggest job of my lifetime <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and kind of just got swept up in that for a while. And, you know, like rightfully so. And then after a few years, 
because my, my children were born, you know, my daughter was two and a half when my son was born and I hadn't really written in that time period. And that was the longest I had gone without playing music or writing songs. And so then it all kind of came out in a, a big flurry and I recorded another album, put, released that in 2015. Oh, okay. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. When the kids are really little like that, it's hard to do anything. It's hard to shower. Oh yeah. Let alone yeah. uh, sit down and focus <laughs> and, and write a song. What is your yeah. um, usual process of writing? Do you, um, you know, does it just come to you and you get it down? Does it come to you in words? Does it come to you in music? And then you add the words, you know, what, what, how does it usually happen? Usually for me, it kind of happens all at once. I feel like maybe I'll be doing some writing and I'll be, I'll be kind of on to something or circling in, maybe narrowing something down. And as I am pondering that, usually a melody starts to creep in to my mind. And then with that melody usually comes a cadence and a rhythm. And then at that point, I have to pick up my guitar because it's like, oh, it's happening. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so you- and- so you don't like dedicate some time like, okay, I got to write some songs and, and sit down. It, it, it's Not like yet. when it comes to you, then you, then you um, uh, gear up and get ready for it and, and uh, yeah. let it come through. It's, yeah. It's kind of like, okay, now I'm going to make space for this right now because I have to, yeah. because if I don't, it's going to go away. It'll, I'll, it, I'll, it'll escape yeah. really. You know, yeah. it's an idea and it's floating in the air and I better grab it. Well, I can. (laughs) (laughs) And, and yes, to, to your other part of this question is I don't write now, but I very much understand that it's a practice that I need to start, um, participating in is the act of sitting down to the desk because life gets busy and, you know, I still do work during the day and, and I love my day job. So I'm not, I'm not going to stop doing that. And I, I don't always have time for those moments of inspiration to, I guess, to collaborate with. And um, so I, and even for my next record, I'm starting to get some ideas about the direction that that could go. But I think I'm going to have to dedicate a little bit of time off or maybe like a writer's retreat and just lock myself in a cabin. Right, and, right. Just to <laughs> you know. get away and, and be yeah. able to. And get it's away so- from all. Right. The distractions of life. Mm-hmm. Right, right. A road trip or something like that. So so you're coming to uh, uh, the Harbor Country area. You're going to you're gonna be at um, the live I'm sorry, you're gonna be at the Acorn on July thirteenth, I wanna say, Wednesday, July thirteenth. And then yep. you're gonna be at the livery on July sixteenth. Uh, are you doing any other shows um, through the area here also or you know, are you on your way to somewhere else at that time? What's going on at that time? Yeah, well, so my the drummer that I have been playing with in a band moved to Nashville. And he's really, you know, he's he's younger and he's super talented. And it's just like, I got to do it while I'm young and not married. And I'm like, yeah, go. Yeah. But however, can I still, can I entice you to come back up here and play some strings of shows if I if I book four nights in a row and really make it worth your while. And he said, absolutely. So <laughs> I'm, I that, see, yes. yeah, so uh-huh. that I'm really clustering things together like that, um, which is good for me too. And I, I feel like I can really put a lot of energy into those runs of shows and then take some time to, you know, rest and recuperate and, you know, get ready for the next grouping. Um, I'm playing bigger shows this year than I ever have before, and I'm I'm just as terrified as I am excited. Yeah. If I'm being honest. <laughs> so, do you play a lot in Kalamazoo? Just uh, you know, around I, town. I play. I'm I'm playing once or twice a year in Kalamazoo now. Oh, okay, that's not much and, at all. Nope, and I would I would play more if it worked that way, but I, the, just the way that things go is it it. You fill a room when you play once a year. I'll just put it yeah, that way. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you're playing at the at the uh, corner coffee shop every week, yeah. then yeah. it wouldn't quite have the same effect. But you, yeah, get, a, you get all your friends and a big crowd and all your fans yep. all in yep. one place uh, once or twice a year. So um, 
has have you already done that this year yet or uh you... i have not no my so my big album release show is at bells in kalamazoo oh on yes uh-huh august 12th yeah so mm-hmm. that's gonna that's when you're releasing this next album it is yes. yeah okay yep uh and is that where usually where you play when you when you play in town and are you going to play is. outside at Bell's or inside? No, I am not going to play outside. Right now, uh, Bell's outside is, is pulling in nationally touring acts. Uh-huh. So there are, you know, a thousand people out there. Yeah. And I, I have opened for a show out, out in the beer garden, but it's going to take a few more years for me to oh, <laughs> be yeah. the headliner out there. I didn't know they had, <laughs> how many seats do they have at Bell's outside there at the beer garden? Well, Did you say a thousand? Uh, the capaci- the, that is the capacity. Oh, yes. okay. Well, so inside, yep, what would you say it is in there? Like uh, two fifty, three hundred? It's four hundred. Four hundred. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's not it's, it's not drastically smaller. It's a, still a a nice size crowd. Big room. Yeah, it's a real big mm-hmm. room. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great space there too, and it's like it's just yes. meant to to house music there. I mean, I, I know. Yeah, that I feel been, very. It's a real very destination there. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever yeah. played at uh, the Acorn or the Livery um, uh, in, you know, around here, around where I am in uh, Harbor Country? Yeah, I have played at the Livery and oh, I Oh, wait, I there. saw I... you there. Yes, yes. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, and I think I oh, met my your gosh. mom there too. Oh. And yeah, mm-hmm. that was a great show. Was, that was probably two years ago or so, something like that. It was before yeah. the pandemic, for sure. Okay. Yeah, um, we've played there once since the pandemic, and same sort of thing. That's just a really cool room. Yeah, I love the, nice. the upper balcony area. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and then, no, I have not played the Acorn before. I'm really excited about that opportunity, and I love theaters. So one of the things I've been trying to do with this summer is to strategically book really different venues from one another. Uh-huh. like. I'm playing waterfront stadiums and I'm also playing, you know, indoors at, you know, at Bell's I'm playing at the theater at at Acorn. Then the livery is, you know, again, it's like, it's just, they all have a really different feel. Right. And they, and, uh, you know, in that way, it's exciting for me because I can change up my, my sets of music to kind of cater more to the space that I'm in. So, Right. You know, right. is is there going to be more of like this hushed ballad versus, you know, rocking out like yeah, yeah. <laughs> depending on where we are. So who's so, the drummer that you've got coming in from Nashville and, and who is who's the rest of your band that you expect to play with? Yeah. So Ryan Demonick has been playing with me for several years now. He's the drummer who moved to Nashville. Uh-huh. I met him um through Keith Hall, who runs the Western Michigan's drum um, school and drum like intensives. He's he's that drum professor. He's awesome. And when I was looking for a drummer, he pointed me Ryan's way and it was just like a wonderful fit. And he's been playing with me ever since. Um, the, uh, what? Uh, I'm sorry. No, no. I was. <laughs> are, do you have other people playing with you or just uh, the drummer? Oh, yeah. So I have, yeah, I mean, I have just a pretty full band. I have a guitar player, bass player, backup singers, and a keyboard player. And then my fiancé plays flute and saxophone in my band. Oh, wow. Okay. that's Is is that Aaron? It is. Oh, okay. Good. That'll be great. And um, uh, so what other stops do do you guys have on this this short tour that's bringing – um, the drummer up from Nashville. We are playing Frederick Meyer Gardens. Oh, really? Okay. That, that's are. a big venue too, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I am really excited, but I'm just, you know, my knees, my knees shake a little bit when I'm think of that venue. Um, and then 20 front street on the east side of the state, Lake Orion. Uh huh. Okay. Is that, if that's how you say it. Uh, we're playing Lowell Arts, the showboat, sizzling showboat summer concert series they have in Lowell. Uh-huh. I think it's on a big boat. I don't really wow. know. <laughs> I don't really know. It sounds really fun, though. Um, How did you uh, end up booking all this? Do you have a booking agent? How does that work? I have worked with one 
booking agent who has booked some of it. The other, the other shows were, you know, connections that I already had. And then somewhere that I just reached out because I look at the, I'll look at an upcoming show calendar and I have to look several months ahead. That's how it works. Six months plus. Right. And seeing if any of my contemporaries are playing at that venue. Uh And if they are, and if we have a similar draw or audience, then I just contact them. And it's a, you know, it's just a whole process. Yeah. So, so you kind of, right, right. (laughs) You kind of take care of all that. Yeah. Yeah. I have been taking care of all of that for my whole career. And I'm (laughs) finally just now starting to get help (laughs) with all of this stuff. You just, there's so many moving pieces, especially an album year. There's so much to do. Um, so I really have a great team now that I've put together and they're helping me get it done. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. are, so with this new album, is this, um, are you, is this sort of your biggest newest album? Is this the, the, the yes, absolutely. culmination? It absolutely is. <laughs> it really yeah. is. I, I, um, I made a, a decision. I kind of crazy side ish story is that I bought a house in 2018 and then I ended up moving in with my fiance and renting my house. And then the pandemic happened and I was in a very unique situation to sell that house and do really well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. This this pandemic has made the housing prices just jump. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So after I got over the guilt that I had that that's what I was going to do. <laughs> like <laughs> so weird, such a psychological, like, am I allowed to do this? Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I realized that I wanted to dedicate a portion of that experience that, uh, to the making of a new album. And so uh-huh. I have personally funded this record and it's exactly what I want to be doing. And it feels amazing in that regard, um, just to, to make an album for myself. And when I did some soul searching into what that meant for me, I realized that I, I was not going to go small. (laughs) I was going to make a record that I was going to be really proud of. So I, um, I made a lot of phone calls and I followed the, the path that was really, um, I mean, I, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time that I could tell about how I found the producer that I ended up working with and hiring kind of a, a couple different musicians to play on this record and to help me develop my songs further than they were that I had just written by myself. This is what you were talking about before, where you had some collaboration and it kind of brought out different parts of songs that you had had yeah. that you had written a long time ago. We have yep. time. We have time for this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So uh, there's a, a singer-songwriter who lives in Nashville who I met. Who is, his name is Aaron Lee Tasgen. He's a Now he's a Grammy-nominated songwriter. Um, but I've been friends, you know, kind of friends with him and following his music for several years. Uh-huh. And I was lucky enough to have a, a pretty divine phone call with him asking who he thought I should hire as a producer and helping me put a team together. And he gave me the name of someone who lives um, kind of near, actually near Benton Harbor, who had produced records, who had played on some of his records. And anyway, the, the long story short is this guy, now he lives in Michigan. He used to live in Nashville. He used to live in L.A. I, I called him on the phone. And we just really clicked. And his resume was amazing. And we, yeah, we kind of, you know, did a few a few phone conversation interviews. And he listened to all of my music. And we decided that we did indeed want to work together. That's great. So... And yeah. and when you work together, you know, how does that look? Are, is he helping you with the writing? Is he helping you with the overall sound of it? Uh, you know, how, what? Yeah. He he didn't change anything about write, the writing. Um, the the that lyrics. That was correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, 
I mean, well, you know, a couple of times the word the turned into your. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. You know, and that's what I was looking for. It, because like you've heard in this telling of my my origin story, you know, that I, I, I was not um, in, totally insecure about my songwriting. However, I was aware that I'm one of millions of songwriters and other songwriters have really, really great ideas too. And so what if another songwriter who has all this experience and, um, you know, has, different perspective. Has played, uh-huh. it, exactly. You know, we're to listen to something that I've written and offer collaborative advice and then, you know, see what I think. What do you think of that? And so that's how the process was. I would, I would play one of my songs which he had already heard, mind you. He'd uh-huh, already right. listened to my catalog. And we would we just sat in the studio along with um, a, a very good friend and bandmate of his who he has worked on other albums with before. I'll just say David Vanderveld was the producer, and then Eli Thompson was the bass player and um, other collaborator. And we would sit in the room and kind of hash out, does you know, is it as, does it need to be this long or can we cut out this little section? What if we put this chord before and, and led into the song a little bit differently? It, it was subtle, but they made huge changes in, in terms of listening from, you know, start to finish of a song. Like they really just made it come together and sound just more professional really well how did that make you feel i mean here are um songs that you'd been singing a lot you know wrote a long time ago you've been singing them for a long time and all of a sudden they're you know getting even slightly changed it you know were you comfortable and surrendering like that and just i really was i felt it felt i felt very safe in that environment with them. And I can't say that I would have with anybody. I really just found amazing people to work with. And they were so respectful of my songs and very, you know, they just, they never said anything was wrong Mm -hmm. or bad or, you know, they were just like, okay, we've been writing songs and around songwriters. I mean, around, around great songwriters for a long time. And, you know, I think that this just might make it a, might tighten it up a little bit. And I just really, I just trusted them. And then when I, when I would hear the song back, I, I mean, I went into the experience wanting exactly that. Yeah. I was, you were ready I, I knew to, what I was signing up for. Uh-huh, yeah. You were kind of ready to, had you recorded mm-hmm. any of these songs before? These were, these are just songs yep. that had been around. So, so mm-hmm. you, uh, and do they sound drastically different from your old songs? From the old version, it depends on who you ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't really think so, but then some people are that you know. Uh, my select few pre-album release listeners have definitely you know been like very wide-eyed. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. this sounds so different. What what am I even listening to right now? <laughs> but it, they've all said you know good good wows like yeah wow okay. And our, uh, so he, this uh, producer doesn't tour with you, but he helped you to re-record some of these songs and to put together your mm-hmm. album and stuff like that. Where did you mm-hmm. actually do the recordings? I recorded at a relatively new studio and called um, Local Legend Recording, and that is in Grand Rapids. Oh, okay. Yeah. The engineer and owner, Josh Kaufman, is, is who was there with us the whole time and is actually good friends with David, the producer. Oh, so, great. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. That sounds good. Uh, and you brought in um, uh, specific kind of session musicians also for some of this stuff? I brought in uh, – I, 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 I treated my drummer like a session musician and had him up here um, for that time right. for a week. Uh-huh. And then uh, Eli on bass and David ended up playing. Uh, I mean, they're both multi-instrumentalists. So David ended up playing acoustic guitar along with me yeah. and electric guitar. Um, I had also had the keyboard player in my band, Bob Wallace, come for the few days and lay down all the piano parts. Right. Um, so it was a mixture. It right, was a mixture right. of people who are in my band and then and then those... So, so did you uh, record it 
all in you know one big group or did you each person recorded their own parts how, how did how did you do or a combination some of that sometimes a combination sometimes it was just david and i playing the acoustic guitar both of us at the same time really created a nice um rhythmic acoustic guitar section uh-huh. really full and rich and then um, bob on the keys then we'd lay down the drums and the bass was usually last. And then somewhere in there, usually after the drums were added, I would um, sing the vocals separately. Oh, really nice. And yeah. and you're yeah. the only one who sings vocals in the band, it sounds like. Yeah, right now I'm kind of moving through wanting to, well, Dave's wife, is uh, her name is Tess. She's a wonderful singer. And I just, I just thought like, well, if I can get her, you know, like, <laughs> well, let's get her in there and, and sing some harmonies um, and just see what she thinks. I mean, she had great instincts. So I had I had her on the record uh, and Dave on the record. And then uh, my mom has sung with me a little bit. And so she's on oh, there. That's nice. And um, another woman whose name is Tracy. They sang on one song. Um, but I really, you know, I just was really trying to have my actual bandmates on very little because I, I kind of ended up being in a very free creative space without a lot of people that I actually knew, huh. which was uh-huh. very interesting for me. I didn't feel, um, you know, I mean, even if there are good pressures or just the observations of people who know you really well, like sometimes can feel a little constrictive. Just, right. I was, I wasn't in my town. I was in Grand Rapids. So I just felt very autonomous and, and really free in those recording sessions. Pasta, mom. <laughs> your, your daughter with you, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, she just ran out to get me. <laughs> very cute. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, the, your band is called, uh, it was, so you're Caitlin Rose, and your band is called The, uh, the Thorns. Is that right? Yeah. That's yeah, great. so that's another kind of big thing I'm going through this year is I'm I'm doing a rebranding of my whole name and and kind of a re uh, reintroduction as Kate Rose. That's not really going to become official until the record is released, but I've I've started kind of leaking that that's right. what's happening. That's how it is on your website <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Do you have? And uh, that's, is your that's music- because there is another Caitlin Rose. That's I just have to say. That's, yeah. That's why. So I, that confusion was kind of messing things up. For right. Me. <laughs> right. Uh, that that does make it a little bit easier. And, and do you have? Um, uh, where can people listen to your music? Right now, people can listen to my music on Bandcamp, which is a smaller, lesser known. Um, it was an original. Bandcamp music. was like one of the. It was like. Um, you know, one of the first platforms, an early yeah, platform. Yeah, well, I mean, it's amazing because it actually pays artists for their work. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't have as wide of a reach as something like Spotify, you know. But I am going to put this record out on the major streaming services. Yeah. Which is the first time that I've done that also. And another reason why I'm doing the name changes to make sure that I'm not confused. Yeah, so people can find you more easily. Yes. So, yeah. how does that decision get made? Uh, you know where you're gonna um, where you're gonna have it, and and things like that. Uh, you know, almost uh, most musicians, it sound, seems like uh, you know, really strive to get it on Spotify so that they can then you know be accessible. But at the same time, you know, although you're accessible, you're almost giving it away, and then yeah. you're resorting to um, you know making your living by touring. That that yes. seems to, you know, the, the the whole structure of the market has changed dramatically. I mean, it used to be back back in the day that uh, you would um, uh, tour in order to sell your album. Uh, yes. And and now you're 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 putting out your album to get people excited for you to to come to their town and play live. So it's yeah. uh, it's a it's a whole different route to um, uh, getting out there. Uh, unless yeah, you're, you yeah. know, like, uh, uh, you know, a huge name, like, um, uh, <laughs> I'm not thinking of anyone. Jewel, <laughs> that's probably yeah. a good one. She's probably a very mm-hmm. good example. 
I, I actually heard an interview uh, with her um, maybe within the last six months, and I was amazed. I mean, she was, you know, trying, just trying to play in coffee shops and sleeping in her car and, and uh, yeah. writing all these songs and, and just absolutely digging and surviving and trying to make something happen. And, and then, then she got an offer for a, 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 like a record deal. And mm -hmm. she turned it down because, you know, it was going to be a lot of upfront money, but then they were going to just pull it all back through record sales. If you didn't make the record sales, you had to pay it back anyway. All kinds mm -hmm. of nightmare stories like that. So mm -hmm. it seems like, well, at least with her situation and, and sort of the modern way of, of uh, getting out there, that you got to be much, much more of a business person in order to get things done and, and be able to live with yourself and, and be able mm -hmm. to survive after that. Have you found that mm -hmm. to be the case? I mean, you've been doing your own thing for a long time now. Yeah. I kind of took the Ani DeFranco approach where if I was going to do it, I was going to do it myself. And if, you know, if I, uh, I, I just felt like if I was going to play along with somebody else's rules, it was, I, I just had this feeling it wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't really know exactly why I, you know, my rebel spirit, I, I really don't, I can't tell you why. I just thought if I'm going to do this, I have to do it my way on my own time. And I mean, sometimes that's been frustrating. Sometimes I thought like, why didn't I just quote unquote, go the easy route, which I don't really even know what that is. But yeah. Right. Why, what would that but even why didn't like? I just, Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, but what I, I'm so grateful for now is that when I'm looking back on my life from, from where I am, I'm really glad that I had children and I feel like that, um, the lifestyle that I have being at home and working during the day and pursuing what my passion is in the evenings or on the weekends, that that's a really healthy balance for me and my mental health. And I think sometimes for some people, putting a lot of emphasis on your passion can take away from the joy and the catharsis that you have in creating it and having point, it just yeah. being a part of your life naturally. And I just really don't want to put that kind of pressure on my creative process. Not that I don't apply pressure to myself, but to make it my the end all be all goal. I mean, I have done that to the extent that I have not had a day job and gigged so much around Michigan that I was paying my bills that way, but I burned out really fast. And well, your like passion it. becomes your, your work at that <laughs> your point. Your job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it yeah. becomes hard to enjoy it. Yeah. It's, no, nice to be able to take a say... break and, you know, step away from it a little bit. Yeah. I was just kind of just going to make a joke and just say, I can't say that I'm going to, I would feel that way if I was selling out stadiums and I'd be like, Oh, I'm so bored of this. You know, it's just you not fulfilling. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I grew up riding horses and I, I, and I still am involved with, with horses. And, um, I, I just really think that my way of life and my, my version of happiness is more balanced than, be dedicating my life to only one thing. Right. And, um, yeah, so I just, I feel like I've got it pretty good. And I, I've talked to some artists who are bigger and really working at it and, and not that they aren't enjoying it, but you know, they, when you're out touring like that, you're missing birthday parties, you're missing weddings, you're missing funerals, you're missing a lot, yeah. you know, yeah. with your family and your friends. And I don't think I'm willing to sacrifice that. Right. Especially with little kids, you know, they don't, mm -hmm. they don't get it. They don't understand that, uh, you're not there because you're, you know, uh, doing something that is really important to you. They just know that you're not there. And, yeah. uh, yeah. and you know, so do you, do you yeah, bring so, your kids on tour or? Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't yet. I haven't, I haven't done a tour yet really. Right. Well, um, this is kind so, of a regional tour coming up. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a Michigan, it's Michigan. And we have plans to expand that, to do some more, um, out of state, more like to, to destinations, maybe Michigan to Nashville or Michigan to 
New York or up around the bend and go up to Wisconsin and play in Madison, stuff like that. So yeah. that's what's coming. And regional those tour. will be a regional tour. That's really what has always been my goal is yeah. um, bigger uh, venues, a more loyal and dedicated fan base and a regional tour. And I think I'll be good. Yeah, that sounds great. So do you have a lot of people that, that uh, follow you around or make sure they get to all your shows? Or any- I have a very uh, a nice couple of handfuls that do that. Oh, yeah. nice. And, and, a, and a really good home. I'll have a really great hometown show in August. Oh, yeah. I'll bet. Yeah. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So what, you know, what, what kind of stuff were you doing during the pandemic that kept a mm. lot of people uh, away from, you know, venues and being able to do things? Did you do any writing? Did you, uh, uh, you know, put out, do any recording? I know the I answer. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, at first I'll say I was like, hallelujah, I am taking a break. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to pick up my guitar right now, even at home. I just, I had been hustling and I was so ready just to wait until I felt like playing again. And, it, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be like a year it, and it wasn't, you know, I, I made it a few months, but really I did take time off and it felt wonderful. I just didn't feel like I had to play. Did it give you a reset, um, like uh, a writing reset? Yes. Did you? Oh, good. Yeah. I would say more of a, um, a reassessment sort of time period in terms of a reset. It was a pause and it enabled me to just take an inventory of what I was doing, whether I still wanted to keep doing it or if I was going to keep doing it, then how, you know, how was it going to feel best moving forward? And, and I think I was still kind of riding that wave all the way up until this album because I made some pretty significant changes with personnel and, and style on oh, this uh-huh. next record too. So I think that it was a really needed break to do that kind of um, just inner work right. r- surrounding music. And I just did stuff that was fun. I, I still had my band out here during the summer to play and, and that was just felt good. It was we were playing because we wanted to, because we love music, not because we were getting ready for a show. Right, right. You know, in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so that was great. It was like, oh, I do love this. I do, I do. You know. <laughs> and then, and we recorded a Christmas album, holiday album from home during that time, which was a really interesting ex- and, you know, experience, a big learning experience to uh, invest in a microphone and a home recording setup and uh-huh. do that. So that was really fun. And that was uh, the, the album, Everything We Need. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the title track. I wrote, I wrote a Christmas song. I never <laughs> thought I would, but I, uh, you know, it was just kind of how I felt like I don't, I don't really need anything for Christmas. You guys, I have everything that I need. Yeah. That's lovely. Did, uh, <laughs> so, um, you, you did it from your homes, but did each of you stay in your own spot and like, you know, connect virtually yeah. to create uh, an entire album? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, and it, we sent the tracks around to each other to record along with. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like you were playing all together like on no. Zoom or something like that. You, um, you'd you record a track, and then you'd send it to the drummer, and then he'd record his stuff. And mm-hmm. that is uh, that is inventive, and that's yeah. you know, certainly, um, you know, uh, uh, I, I've heard of other people doing that during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't a lot, they weren't able to, be all together. And so they would just collaborate, you know, kind of by the internet like that. It really Mm -hmm. allowed people to, to figure out new ways of doing things. Did you, did you reflect, um, you know, any of that isolation and, uh, you know, being independent and, and being, you know, you know, just with your family, did you reflect that in any of the songs you wrote for the album? Not for the album, but, I did write, so I'm also kind of learning about how to, you know, like I said, when I was younger, I would write a song and it would make it on a record. And as I've gotten older, I've been able to kind of discern a little bit better what I write and play simply to do it 
and to be in the practice of just just playing a song just write it i'll write a song one day and play it and never play it again and being okay with that sort of detachment philosophy of not hanging on to everything really tightly but really just treating my instrument and my voice and and writing as the catharsis that it can be so during that time i actually wrote a lot of songs that i i recorded um maybe on my phone or not at all and never played them again (laughs) sorry everybody (laughs) (laughs) it was a great song you should have heard it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah which before recording before radio you know that's how all music was that's right you know if you weren't there you didn't hear it yeah yeah well, listen, this was really great. I'm very glad I got a chance to talk with you. I'm talking with Kate Rose, uh, whose band, The Thorns, are coming with her to the Acorn Theater on July 13th and uh, then the Livery on July 16th. And um, and then you've got your album release party at Bell's in Kalamazoo. I want to say it's August 19th. Is that something? 12th. Right? August 12th. August 12th, yeah. Uh, what's the name of your new um, album going to be? Or is. It's yeah, it's called balance. Balance. All right. Well, yeah. That's uh, this is a whole new step. This is really exciting. I'm, I'm Thank looking you forward so much. to seeing you in person. And uh, until then, have a have a great time. You know, kind of getting everything all together in the beginning of your tour, and and we'll see you up here mid July. Sounds good. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure Thanks talking so to much. you too. Well, that was great. Really enjoyed talking to Caitlin. I am going to uh, play one of her songs before the end. And uh, you've been listening to Johnny's Secret Stash, and I'm John Goldman. That was Kate Rose, and uh, we're listening. you're listening to us on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC, 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHC, 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. And here is Caitlin's song from uh, uh, her newest album that we were talking about that uh, she did uh, the, the Christmas the Christmas album that she did uh, during the pandemic. And here's uh, one of the songs from that. What are you doing New Year's Eve? When the bells are fondly kissing Will I be
No. Mm-hmm.